Welcome to All Tricky Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I'm Adrian. Don't worry, I'll edit out the drumsticks noises. Maybe, I don't know, at this point, since you referenced it, I was just going to let it go. And I think it's funny. I think you should keep it. Yeah, we'll I thought I did pretty well with that intro. I don't think you can tell the difference between the normal recorded version and what I just did. Uh, I don't know, but the audience can be thrown off, Jared. You are very weird sounding today. Do I sound kind of weird? Yeah. A little bit of a <laughs> accent, maybe? A little bit. So yes, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, Jared is not here right now. Instead, we are blessed, cursed, whatever, with Adrian being here today. Second string. This is what he does I mean, while on unemployment. Mark's second string. Third, your third string. Thanks. <laughs> Normally you have school going on. I do. I do. Mark I has... But only for four more weeks. Mark has baseball going on, apparently. His so kids if, play baseball. So. If people like me, say something, and I might come back more often. Or if they don't, you can still come out. I mean, we have a fourth mic, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So yeah. if you don't like me, don't say anything, and you'll be cursed to still get me later in life. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The way I see it is if we have four people here, then we only have to come up with two items to talk about at the beginning instead of three per person. Okay. So it's less work I have to do. I mean, it might be more editing, but yeah. eh, it is what it is. So yeah. Anyway, this week's episode, uh, we are going to talk about plot twists. So a plot twist this is Jared's not here because he's busy buying a house. Oh, jeez. Right? And Who? moving. Hey, Who? where is he living at? Where's, what's his new address? We want to stalk him, right? We want that he didn't on a public... Know. 1313 right? Mockingbird Lane. Okay, all right. That's where he's going to. So, so yeah, that's a. Some people may get that reference. Hopefully, I, I would think. That. I would think our listeners would too. Sure. I mean, sure they should. It's kind of our demographic here, sort of. Uh, plot twists. Who would like to go first? Talking about a plot twist in comics that surprised them. Um, all right, I will go first. <laughs> sure. We all just pointed at each other. I mean, I didn't point at all. <laughs> Whatevs. Uh, the first one I'm going to do is The Walking Dead, specifically issue 192 and 193. The reason why those are plot twists, if you're unaware of The Walking Dead, is that is the end of The Walking Dead series, 193. And 192 ended with, I mean, slight spoiler alert, this <laughs> podcast, I should say, but at this point, come on. Spoiler. Uh, 192 ended with the death of Rick Grimes, the main character of Walking Dead. Um, even though he, quote, died and not died in the show, whatever, he died in the books for sure, 192, he got shot in the chest, and at the end of the issue, it showed him being turned into a zombie. Then I pick 193 for the big plot twist for all of our, ever all the readers' lives, because that is the final episode, final issue, there was issues solicited afterwards, and Robert Kirkman was like, haha, joke's on you, those aren't real. They had fake covers and fake characters, and like, just to be a surprise for everybody. And it worked. It surprised everybody until the Monday that the issue came out saying, hey, this Wednesday's final issue. Which I appreciate the the plot twist and the, the curve of like, hey, this is brand this is the end. Surprise. I don't appreciate it from the standpoint of the retailer's point of view of, hey, we got screwed. Sure, sure. I remember you talking a lot about that that issue that week. You were surprised yeah. well because we had people camping out and we had people calling saying hey can we order this issue blah blah, blah. it's the final one like we didn't, didn't know earlier than you if you had it pulled to your subscription sure you have it no problem right. uh if you want it off the shelf <laughs> uh do better next time and actually sure. subscribe to your pull list and maybe robert kirkman maybe like ship us double whatever we order because he's done that before of like whatever you order will ship double because you don't know what it is he did a brand new series called Die, 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 
that is like, oh, by the way, this this week you're getting a brand new series where you just doubled some imaginary number that you didn't know that was based off of something. I don't know what it was. And they sent us that series that was not solicited before. Sure. So obviously he has the power to tell them to ship more than what they should have. And this one, he's like, no, it is what it is. And, of course, we had people waiting outside that day, waiting in line to try to get as many as they could. Of course, we said, hey, only one per household. Don't be a dick. Yeah, from a collector's standpoint, it is kind of nice that it was limited. Like, you could only get what there was. Well, I mean, if they would have doubled our order, we still would have had plenty to sell to the scalpers that wanted them. Sure, but I think Mm. what she means is, like, had people known this was the final issue... I bet you we would have gotten a lot of special orders on it. Absolutely, you know? we would have. So and that's what I'm saying from yeah. the retailer point of view, though. But like, did he print fewer copies too? No, he printed the exact same amount of whatever you ordered. Okay. So then I guess that wasn't quite the same. But I was thinking, like, if it was a limited run and he didn't want to print extras, so that not everybody could have one, it's special. And I get the whole not telling people it's the final issue. Sure, I'm fine with that. But like I said, he should have increased. How many orders everyone got then? Sure, he sure. should have said, all right, we'll double whatever you ordered. They're returnable. Don't worry about it. But we know it's going to be hot, so here's double of everything you ordered. That would have been fine. Or even 50% increase. You know, some sort of increase of what we normally order. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we were just out of luck. So, but yeah, I mean, for the plot twist, it was a shock. I mean, no one expected The Walking Dead to be done. We thought, okay, maybe 200 issues, you know, like an, you know, an even number. A nice round number. 193. Yeah, so close. Is such an odd number to go to, like. Literally. Right. It is an odd number. And he, well, in the notes, he's like, you know, I miss back in the days where people didn't know what was going on. A, twi- a surprise, plot twist, whatever. I missed that. So here's this. Um, and it was an oversized issue, so they did fill a lot of stuff. But to me, I was like, come on. And it did kind of fall flat with me, too, because I read the issue itself. It was okay. It was a jump of, like, ten years in the future. I hate stories that, like, oh, you have your story you're hooked on. We'll do a jump. And that's the end. Like, that's just kind of lazy. That's the happily ever after. Like, I don't know. I wasn't satisfied with it, but I understood it. And he was done. He, Which he wanted to be done earlier. But that's how long he drug it out till. Speaking of uh, falling flat and plot twists, I was actually uh, here on my notes. I was talking about, I was thinking about some of the things back in the day, you know, that some people may not actually remember. They may know it exists. They may know if have happened, but even I don't know off the top of my head what issue it is. Uh, but when when Stacy died, you know, oh, that was I a huge plot twist. Yeah, you should. I think it's like 123 <clears throat> or something like that. What year, though? That's hmm. that's even better. So, it was nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good job. Yeah. yeah. But that was a that was a huge thing. That was one of those. You know, we it, when a hero dies or when the good guy dies, it's it's huge. You know, Gwen wasn't anything then, but innocent people aren't supposed to die. You know, so back then that was that was kind of a thing. On the sense retconned it where she was pregnant theoretically right, right. and where mm-hmm. she where Peter killed her or Norman killed her slash the Green Goblin like who actually killed her then was she dead on the fall Gravity. was she was she dead on the snap of their of the web getting caught by the webbing they've fixed they've changed that right and retconned it a couple times I remember what? the original well I don't think I was but yeah go 
Amazing Spider-Man 121 and 122. So I was real close. And 1973. Yeah, I definitely was not born then. Yeah, no. Me neither. So. Y'all are old, but you're not that old. Thanks. Not a problem. Anytime. All right. So that was my first plot twist. Um, One, two, three. Not it. Maybe I should go then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Apologies tonight, folks, that I was not very well prepared. I got distracted by things last night and we changed our minds on what we were going to talk about. Alex. Not that I was really ready either. And she got a new job, so she's been training too. Oh, cool. Yep. So I picked the graphic novel, The Family Business, from 2014 to talk about. This twist is that Spider-Man suddenly has a sister. And, yeah, I guess we already said spoilers and all that. Yeah. Um, I was really upset when I first read this because I was like, oh, what a bunch of crap. Like, this is not a good twist. Like, why are we going this direction? Yada, yada, yada. But they have referenced it so many times now, and Teresa has become part of the Spider-Man universe. So... She's here now. Um, in the book, she shows up and she reveals to Spider-Man. She's like, oh, I'm the sister you never knew you had. I was born after your parents went into like deep cover and they left you with your aunt and uncle. And so you never knew I was there. I don't think your aunt and uncle even knew I was there. Or our aunt and uncle. Or, sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say it wrong. Because the other twist is that eventually you find out that Teresa is not actually Spider-Man's sister. And it was Wilson Fisk was behind it the whole time and had brainwashed her, Peter, and I think a bunch of people for the CIA. And then it did turn out that Teresa Durand, I think is her real last name, she actually is a CIA agent, but she was never actually Peter's sister. She's but never yeah, it was biologically a Parker. Yeah, true. Although, yeah, eventually Spider-Man kind of adopts her. He acts like she's his sister because... That was part of the plan the whole time, too. Fisk knew that even though Spider-Man would probably figure out this isn't his sister, he'd still protect her like one anyway. It wouldn't matter, because no one dies on Spider-Man's watch. And they were trying to unlock some... Except for Gwen. Well, well this is he since tried. then. Since then. One time. Oh, and Ben, I guess. One job to do. Twice. <laughs> yeah, I like that this was... I mean, I, I like and dislike. This was Marvel's small attempt at original graphic novels. Instead of single issues, like, all right, we'll just do a graphic novel, no ads. Instead, no single issues, just here it is, self-contained, by itself. And it, I would say it did not do too well, since they haven't done a whole lot of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, the art is kind of awful. I like this art. Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Secret War, when, when kind of the beginning of uh, the fall of, the beginning kind of, that led all the way through to Secret Invasion and Dark Avengers and Siege. It reminds me a lot of not Alex Ross. Like, someone's mm. trying to be Alex Ross, mm-hmm. but that's not it. Uh, maybe that's part of it. I'm not a big Alex Ross fan, so... <sighs> it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you made some people just cry right now. But yeah, I, I think the majority of the fact is... Yeah, I mean, how much was the hardcover? It was relatively yeah, expensive. Because, like 50 oh, bucks. was it? I thought it was bucks. cheap. I don't I remember. that's well. the ISBN... Twenty four ninety nine. Twenty four ninety nine. Uh, yeah, for how big it is, and I would have thought fifteen. Yeah, it should have been fifteen, maybe twenty dollars, since it's a hardcover. But that's the other thing is they started as a hardcover, charged way too much for it, and sure. it didn't. Luckily, the fans were like, "Eh, we want actual comic books. We are comic book collectors. Sure, still do the graphic novels. Just have the option of single issues and graphic this. novels." Sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was. It did become kind of integral. Like Teresa has become part of the universe it is a little important to know 
that she was introduced in this. So yeah, she has I, been. I the, appreciated appreciated that twist. Yeah, she has been in the main comic series, so it's not like it's its own universe. It is within mm-hmm. continuity, and I like her nickname of TP. Yeah, toilet paper. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adrian, we bought you time. Uh, you know, speaking a little bit about Secret Invasion and everything just then, that that has to be. For me, one of the biggest things, because I grew up in the 80s and I read all these, you know, books back in the day, you know, X-Men guest starring, you know, Spider-Man. It's like they never really put them in the same world, in the same universe. They were always guest stars or, you know, hey, I just happen to be in town. Wait, we all work in New York. How do you just happen to be in town? Also, New York City is, I mean, it's a big city, but it's not that big of a city. Right, right. And so when you can fly. Especially when you can <laughs> right. fly. Or web swing. And so it was just kind of like when, when we started getting in all this stuff, like with uh, Avengers Disassembled and everything, Secret War with Fury and, and crew uh, going after Latveria. Um, <clears throat> I think the the biggest thing there for me was No More Mutants. You know, that just kind of cascaded to this amazing fun of House of M and Civil War, um, precursed by Disassembled. Uh, we end up with side stories that quote unquote existed already, like the Illuminati, like, Hey, we've been doing this. We've been secretly, you know, driving the world and no, no, we, we just, you guys just wrote that, you know? Uh, but a lot of great content I think came out of, you know, that, that whole time period. Um, it was like a solid decade of like event after event, like that they would seamlessly transition into like, Oh, it makes sense at the time. Right. Right. Uh, even even with the kind of with the Dark Avengers coming out with Norman taking over Shield Hammer, you know, it exactly that it made sense. You know, the bad guy shoots the other bad guy, and now he's the head of Shield, and now his true colors are going to come out behind the Iron Man mask. It was just the whole thing was just really solid. So to sum it up, you would say no more mutants. That was, I mean, <laughs> the spell that really threw the whole world into chaos for mutants anyway. Yeah. Uh, next up for me is I'm going to do Invincible, specifically mm-hmm. the dad in Invincible, Omni-Man, where you find out that he is not who he says he is. He's not the biggest, best hero of the world. Um, he is, this is slight spoilers because it's not the first couple issues, but if you watch the series, you know already because that's the reason why I picked it too is I started reading it because of the Amazon series where... He is there to destable, destable the entire planet. And he does so by first posing as a hero, like, hey, you know, I'm Omni-Man. I'm here to be, like, your Superman. Take over, you know, help out your, your Justice League and all that fun stuff. And at one point, he's like, okay, I have my son. Together, we can definitely take over the world. He has his powers. He's starting to get his powers. So I'm going to kill the Justice League. Or they call him the Guardians of the Globe at the time. Right. But he decides, like, all right, I'm going to kill them all. Tells his son, hey, you know when I told you we're from this alien planet and it's our job, you know, we're part of this galactic uh, empire that, you know, like, we build up civilizations and we take care of them? We're not quite doing that. We decided that as a race it is easier to conquer someone by infiltrating and weakening them strategically to then take over the place. So, of course, his son was raised as an earthling. And he's like, no, these are my people, these are my friends, I'm supposed to take care of them. And they end up having it out. But... Yeah, the shock that I had when I first saw him, like, oh, he's just doing his thing. Wait, he just murdered everybody of the Justice League. Holy crap. This is not supposed to happen. 
and it was now again it's early on in the series, but it was still a pretty big shock for me. Sure, I mean it really sets up the rest of the storyline for for everything that how it's going to end and everything. Right, like um, the main character, Invincible or Mark, where he's like, okay, so my dad is this alien invasion race, and turns out that we live to be like thousands of years old. And his dad even said, he asked his dad, like, oh, what well, about mom? You know, you love her. And he's like, oh, son, I kind of love her like a pet. Oh. <laughs> like, when I when you live thousands of years old, right. someone that's only lived 80, maybe 100 tops, it's like a pet. I mean, I just used her to have you. And ta-da. And, yeah, there's been several memes ever since, from the, from the show at least, that has, like... Omni-Man talking to some like, what are you thinking? And everything like, has a whole bunch of, I've seen Mega Man memes with the same thing, superimposed, Dragon Ball Z stuff, like a whole bunch. I have a, a Discord with some friends of mine and they keep throwing the same meme sure. with different characters and different things. And it works really well. But yeah, the, and with that, like he was like, you know, why do you care about these people? Their lives are insignificant. They're going to all die out, no problem. You're going to be devastated seeing them all, you know, die out. So I'm saving you by helping exterminate them well why do you want to do this and he's like well because you'll still be here dad and that's just that makes his dad like oh crap then flew off and did his own thing and hit him in the fields yeah it's like that snapped him out of his rampage like oh well yeah there is that so so yeah that is invincible is my big plot twist with omni-man being a villain it's interesting to hear some of these great plot twists you know I, i instantly thought of volume two it hurt me it broke my heart to put that tumor inside your mom's brain or whatever is what he says to quill uh but some of those things are the ones that really drive the story and really makes the story really good uh i bet you that twist wouldn't do so well toward the end of the book right because it that is what's driving the whole story well and they have changed things from the books to the show to the ended season one with that where i've been reading the book and like well they definitely sped up and changed things and like tweaked it around a little bit the order of stuff but it makes sense because i realize now that's two picks in a row that's robert kirkman also he did walking dead and invincible sure um but it's like okay so we have the setup we're good to go now with this that big cliffhanger reveal everything with his dad we can end the season on that with that big cliffhanger and then next season we can show the fallout of that and how everyone copes with it and everything. So you got to make money somehow. Well, exactly. And they got renewed for two more seasons, but it is definitely interesting to see Robert Kirkman's writing 20 years ago to now to how they change things to like, Oh, it's a different world that we live in. Well, you also have to take into account the, the moving aspect, the uh, moving picture aspect versus a comic book. You know, we see that in, in prose all the time. Oh, well, they left that really key thing out of the movie because I really love that, you know, that well, plot just, point in the book. I'm just saying how they change characters, too. Like, oh, oh, instead of everything being white heterosexual male thing, like, okay, well, now he has a gay friend. Now, instead of another white chick he's dating, it's a black chick. And, like, they are definitely changing things to fit more inclusivity today than the book was 20 years ago. Also, the writing, the comic book demographic 20 years ago versus today have been slightly shifted as well. So they have tweaked things. I know some of the hardcore fanboys like, oh, they ruined it. They changed it. Like, no, no. Some things are good to be changed. Some of the pacing was way off in the book too. Like, oh, him destroying the Guardians of the Globe, that was like two panels versus that was a five-minute scene in the show. 
So, like, you have to change the pacing a little bit. And, yeah, things that are on paper don't always translate to, to animation even. Sure, right. Uh, I, we just watched uh, The Red Hood, and it's it's similar, but it's not the same, you know, uh, because you got to move differently in, in animation or in live action. When DC did uh, The Killing Joke. The, uh, sure. I mean, the book itself was, what, four issues? I mean, it was not very much. And when they did the animated movie... Like, if they would have done just the book, it would have been a 20-minute movie, and that would have been it. Right. So they had to fill it out, so they added more bunch of stuff, which was wrong and disturbing of what they did beforehand. But I understand why they put more content in to make it justifiable as a movie. Right. <clears throat> so with that rampate, ramp, rant about everything, Laura, what is next for your plot twist? I am going with a plot twist myself. I am going to try and go off script. Because your story reminded me of Runaways, where those there were children who, I, I don't even exactly remember how it went, but it was something like they were all hanging out, they were all friends for this really long time, and one day they realized that their parents are like part of a cult and they need to escape and like find their own way because they're, I feel if their parents were actually going to harm them too. Well, or if they're just going to include them in the cult and all the kids were like, our parents are super villains. We got to get out of here. The pride, I think yes. is what they were called. That was the, yes, that okay. was the secret society cult thing. And I always get mixed up between the show and the books too because I watched I watched the show and I read oh. the books, but I didn't pay that close attention to either one. So there's a <laughs> lot of blurred, blurred storylines for me. Okay. Well, according to, I just checked the interwebs, 2003 is when it came out. So yes, you're allowed to forget some things yeah. from back then. Yeah, yeah. I know we read it in book club whenever we did book club a, while a long ago. time ago. But it was it was interesting to me, and that was an early on twist. That what would you do in a world where you discover your parents are evil and you have to be the hero? Right. How do you be a hero against your own parents? Well, and, that might even if I may, uh, kind of like resonate with a lot of people today. A lot of people today are they'll say things like, "Well, why did you do it like that in the past?" Well, mm -hmm. it kind of made sense. Well, you screwed everything up now, right? But that wasn't their intention. Yeah. In this instance, though, they were the bad guys, period, you know? <laughs> right, like, but that's very cl clear cut, right. cut and dry. But yeah, in real life, hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know sure. until you've lived. Right. In the heat of the moment, it's very a lot of reactional things versus proactive. Mm -hmm. So, what's next on your list then, Adrian? You know, I was uh, thinking about um, how, I, how I said that the killing of the, the, the global team. I haven't read it, I'm sorry. The Guardians of the Globe. Guardians of the Globe. Um, how it drove the rest of the story, right? And I, I think about Die. Uh, you know me. I love that book. It's by Image. Um, I hit the spring here. Yeah, I shouldn't touch it. Stop yep. It. <laughs> It'll never Sorry, stop. Sorry, guys. Um, I love that book. Uh, these teens get sucked into the story that they're playing, and they're living out an RPG in quote-unquote real life. Um, and then they come back into the real world with one of their friends missing, and the plot twist at the very big at the very end of the first issue at the beginning of this whole thing is Solomon is the guy's name is the kid's name that stayed um, and is in there for decades because these kids live their lives become adults jobs divorces everything and um, he sends them a message and he tells them essentially he shows them that he's still in the game and now he's the bad guy so it's mm -hmm. this whole story of like but you're our friend and they have to deal with that and it's a great twist. At the beginning of the story, so that's like to the, drive the, the whole first thing. issue, right? Like, right. That's the hook, right? Oh, should we be differentiating between 
the hooks and the twists? No. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily, since we're this They far can in. be both one and the yeah. same. You know, yeah. I'm expecting... They are now. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm expecting a really fun one out of Noctera. Uh, mm-hmm. with, that one's all about the darkness that's taken over the world. We still don't know kind of what's going on behind the scenes. We have a villain who kind of looks just like the rest of the darkness, where all you see is his evil smile, very Joker-esque. And um, if you stay in the darkness too long, you get consumed by it. And uh, I'm I'm really hoping that it doesn't just fall off a cliff where, wow, that was an awful twist. You could have done so much more with that. You know, I'm really hoping that it turns into something more. Yeah, I think. Because we do have a story that's being driven, and part of that is the fact that they are driving to a new location. So oh, Literally driving. Yeah. Yeah, a little twist in that that got me was when you realized the brother was infected, too. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's why the girl is so invested in this. Like, right. she needs to find a solution for him. It's not It's not just another, another delivery. It's, this time it's actually personal and familiar. <laughs> well, and this the other thing, too, is... <laughs> the other thing, too, is it sounds like he's surviving longer than everybody so they might add some sort of heal or or resistance yeah right uh the last one for me for my major twist will be the death of robin uh which one specifically the (laughs) the real world choose your own adventure of like hey call this 1-800 number do we want to kill robin or do you want to let him live the death in the family back in the day right where i mean to me i mean the book itself wasn't that big of a twist because, like, hey, you could call this number if have him live or die. But the fact that DC decided at the time, hey, there's these two 1-800 numbers. Call this number if you want him to live. Call this number if you want him to die. And they hated him so much that everyone called it like, yes, kill the man. We want a different Robin. He sucks. It was Jason Todd at the time. And because he was dark. He was very much a Batman. He was dark and broody. But that's sure. not who Robin is. Sure. Um which ended up being great for everybody because another slight twist was when they turned out, uh, they brought back the Red Hood, and it turns out, okay, that's Jason Todd, the, the Robin that died. And he fits so much better as the Red Hood than Robin because he's not confined by the Batman's rule of no killing. We mm-hmm. have to be, you know, good guys. Like, no, bad guys are bad. Some people deserve to die. And the more you, the more you capture a villain and let him live, the more he's going to break free and kill more and more people. Uh, the Joker. How many times has the Joker killed people by keep breaking free? If you just killed him, you would have saved countless lives. Right. <clears throat> right, which is interesting because in the Injustice storyline, that's completely taken care of in, like, issue one. Right. You know, the Joker uh, gets Superman to kill Lois Lane, uh, pregnant Lois Lane, and then Superman's like, oh, you made me do what? Well, now I'm ripping out your heart. And, and then- kills the Joker. And now millions of people are... Are saved, but then it leads them on to create that reign of whatever of injustice, where he's it's a totalitarian planet at this point. Well, and that's and that's because Batman says the moment you kill someone, then you are just as bad as the criminals you are fighting. Right, like it is the hero's job to not kill someone. Do I agree with that? I mean, for the most part, yeah. But every once in a while, when you get a Joker, like no certain point, how many times can you can a bad guy go free? That you got to put a stop to that. Well, let's be honest too. I mean, we there's obviously a problem at Arkham Asylum that he keeps getting out. Like, why is nobody checking the mattress for a key? You know, Mm -hmm. or whatever. As the million dollar man Ted DiBiase said, everybody has a price, so people need to stop taking that price to let people free. 
Yeah, the rest of the justice system is lacking because they're supposed to be, you know, the judge and the executioner and all that. Like, it's not Batman's job to be judge, jury, and executioner. Right. He's brought him to justice, and, yeah, the, the court system should be probably doing the lethal injection or whatnot. Yeah, so, yeah, that was my big, my final plot twist was the death of Robin and then the resurrection of Robin slash Jason Todd as the Red Hood. Right. So, Laura, what is the last one on your list? Hmm, I don't have much to back this one up, but I feel that it's a, a better plot twist to go with. I'm hoping you guys can help me out. There was a story that when Stan Lee and Steve Ditko were deciding the true identity of the Green Goblin, that they went back and forth on it for a long time. I actually have that in my list. The, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, then you will help me a lot, I hope. Well. <laughs> or not. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, basically... Stan Lee said, oh, I really want this to be Norman Osborn. And Steve Ditko said, no, it's it's always someone you know. Like, it should be some just schmuck. No one we know. No one we've seen before. Like, let's throw something crazy at the readers because they, they're not going to believe that it's someone we've already seen and already established. Although now looking back, I, I'm really glad they used the Green Goblin because I think it's it's definitely given a lot more plot points and to make the goblins so close to Peter in other ways. Although they, they've definitely like retconned and gone back on making him making Norman more of a father figure to Peter, but it well, was I, an interesting twist at the time. I think if they would have had a different person be the Green Goblin, they still would have made Norman a villain at some point. Um, they might have came up with a different identity. So, like, how many countless <laughs> villains have we seen as, like, oh, as there's Norman this person. Well, there's, no, well uh, two. But also, like, oh, there's random schmo villain. Well, no one cares because it's not a character we're invested with. Right. So, eventually, that well will be tapped. We will we will need to identify someone that we know close to the family and make them a villain. I mean, we've seen that countless times with Harry, with Flash. I mean, with... Um, Venom, what's his name? Uh, Eddie, Eddie Brock. Brock. So, like, we've, of course, the, all the main characters eventually are going to be integrated one way, shape, or form. So, would the Green Goblin have been a big of a character if it wasn't Norman? Probably not. But that doesn't mean Norman still wouldn't have been a main villain at some point, regardless. Okay, I never thought of it that way. That's or another twist. Character. It would have been really cool to see what he, what he would have become had he been a good guy. Right. You know? Well, wasn't that Hammer? He was the good guy well, leader of Hammer? Oh, no, no, he, I mean, he was dealing, that was a, no. Oh, okay. He, was, he had I so many other things behind yet. the scenes with the Dark Avengers and everything. I mean, he picked all these, let's see, it was Bullseye who became Hawkeye. Yep. Dakin who became Wolverine. Yep. He became Iron Patriot. As Moonstar was Ms. Marvel. Moonstar, yeah, right. Um, Venom became Spider-Man. Right, oh. but it wasn't Eddie Brock Venom. It was okay. um, Matt Gargan, right. Scorpion. Oh, okay, that makes more Venom. sense. He gave him like some pill to like bring him down to regular size. On the uh, yeah, well, he could transform to regular size, but he could also be the full on like human eating cannibal. Also, oh yeah, because yeah. he would actually eat people's heads, like bite their heads off, literally, and eat their brains. Who was Thor? Thor was um, oh. Ares, uh, or no? Yeah, Ares. yeah, Ares, the God of War, and then he used. Sentry as just a strong as personality. Hulk-ish. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I would guess, and yeah. he was Iron Man himself with the eyes of the Iron Patriot. Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, no, he was still <laughs> a bad guy then. The puppeteer. Right. Right. 
But Norman's always got a plot. Yeah, and that's why, like, yes, he made the Green Goblin a main villain, but he doesn't need to be Green Goblin to be a main villain. So even if they had someone (laughs) else, eventually he would have been a main player. Now, it may not have been Stan Lee's creation as a villain at that time, but it is, and that's the world we live in. Yeah, that makes me think of Goblin War, too, or, like, the Hobgoblin and all that, all the other goblins that... It always comes back to the Green Goblin. He's always pushing them around somehow. Or I guess, yeah, even if Norman wasn't the Green Goblin, they were, the Green Goblin would have been like the Hobgoblin. A villain, sure. Not as big of a deal, though. Right. Although, Hobgoblin has had his moments where he's, wow, I didn't expect you to be that bad of a dude. Or, right, but... Even, I didn't expect you to go as big as you just did. In pop culture, outside of comic book world, the Hobgoblin, no one knows who that is. No one cares. Okay. Really? Yeah. That yeah. makes me sad. Yeah. Compared to Green Goblin, like, oh, who's Spider-Man's villain? They'll never say, oh, Hobgoblin. No, they'll say Green Goblin before sure. that every single time. I guess. Or Doc Ock. Or, yeah, but somebody else. Right. Somebody other than Hobgoblin. Yeah. Have you, Adrian, started reading that Spider-Shadow uh, book? Spider. The What If? It's the oh. What If. What if uh, Peter Parker never took off the symbiote when Venom was created? No. You should start reading that because it's got Hobgoblin references. That I bet you get a kick okay. out of. Okay. Yeah, it's their it's their take on it's oh, a new take on one. what if where it's a five mm-hmm. issue story arc of what if instead of just a one and done. Man, why am I not reading that? Uh, life is busy. Okay. That's my best guess. I'll take it. I'll accept that. Because you aren't re- listening to the podcast either, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Shh! Don't tell anybody. <laughs> anyway, what's the last one on your list, then, Adrian? Uh, you know. Uh, I've been trying to get more into prose. Can I throw in a prose? Sure. A novel? All right. As long as it's twisted. Sure, but I'm going to give you flack at the end of it, so go ahead. All right. Okay. Um, I've gotten into uh, Red Rising. It's uh, this novel, uh, kind of a sci-fi novel that takes place on Mars. Uh, it's There's a system, uh, a caste system where... You know, this color, the reds are like the worker bees, and that's all you. That's where you're born, that's where you're going to die, blah, blah, blah. You're going to do this work all the way up to the golds, and they're the same way. You live and die exactly as you were born into this level of hierarchy. And um, I, it might have been into, like, chapter 10 or something, where I, I don't actually know what chapter I'm on right now, uh, because I'm only listening to it. Um, but his wife dies, is killed, is murdered, and so he, he wants revenge. And I'm like, okay, come on, let's, we, we've heard this story before, you know, it's, it, I describe it as kind of like a Caesary Roman epic, like, yeah, I've, I've read some of my old literature before, this is not a new story, but there is a twist, I kind of don't want to say it, but there is this twist that makes me just want to read it more, because it isn't just a revenge story now, there is a semblance of justice that needs to occur uh, that needs to be righted, the wrong that needs to be righted. Uh, so I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm finally to a point where I'm like, yeah, no, I, I will definitely read this because I will finish listening to it because <laughs> of the twist that we just got. So that I just got. So, and for listeners that don't know where to order pros from, you can order them from us too if you'd like. Oh, yeah, right. you can order comic books and pros. Did you order the graphic novel of Red Right? That's a better question for Mark because he okay. said he would take care of it. Okay. Say I Mark. almost kind of don't want to read that because it's a prequel. Mm. And I think the first three books came out and then the graphic novel came out. And there are certain things that I think I don't want to know. Hmm. 
okay. before I get to those things in the in the novel. Uh, yeah, sometimes I get a kick out of too the the twist of okay, one of my friends read it in this order, I read oh, it in sure. that order. How do we see it differently now? Sure. So, or watch the movie first, or read this comic book. Right. Like, there's lots of different ways to shake things up. And we're seeing a ton of that right now. Uh, what is the new Netflix show? Stone and Bone, Bone Stone. It's a magic, but that one also kind of already has like a feel of, hey, you have powers now, and now you have a responsibility to save the world. But I don't wanna. Okay, <laughs> I I know that story. I've 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 read it before. I know it, and that's why I like when we do get these really good twists. That's like, oh, this is a revenge story. Oh no no no, twist just happened. It's in it's turning into a justice story, and that really helps with some of these things. Yeah, the whole I don't want to is the classic hero's tale of I mean look at Star Wars. It's the I don't want to have answer this calling. Well, well, well people to. die, so then now I have to do this. That's what's the line that uh Tom Holland gives the Robert Downey Jr. when the bad things happen and you don't have the power to do, it, do anything about it, it's not your fault. But it's when the bad things happen and you do have the power to do something about it, then it becomes your fault. Kind of like with great power comes, I forget what the rest is. Great accountability. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Great accountants. Great, great accountants. accountants. Yeah. I can count. Look at you, it, Jared. I thought Ben was an accountant. Yeah. Uh, so, was. I mentioned earlier I was going to give you flack because before we started, we are like, oh, what are we going to talk about? I went over my list and you glossed over one of them, which was Secret Invasion. I, well, I kind of mentioned it with everything. No, yeah, you glossed it over. I did. So I that did. was on my list. He's like, oh, you know, I, I was going to do that. I was like, okay, I'll come up with something else. And then you also mentioned that you were going to do the Hail Hydra, Captain America, and you completely glossed over that with Secret Empire, too. That was like, under my notable mentions. Yeah, that was in your catch-all, but I was like, those are on my list. Like, no, no, I want those. Like, okay, I'll come up with something else on the fly, mind you. Well, well you can still talk about well, it. I'm just saying, yeah. I'm giving you flack that I'll do quick He's and brief. stalling, everyone. That, no, I, I read this week's books. How did you read this week? I, I thought they were all great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the pictures. Uh, but Captain America, Hail Hydra is possibly the biggest twist in at least in Marvel comic books, possibly of all time, of Captain America, the century of of the United States, everything, is a Nazi. Hail Hydra. I mean, that is a massive thing to have changed. I never believed it. I mean, oh yeah, it was from, they. of course, they retconned it, and, or they said it's a different dimension, but it was still, it was it's all... double twist. It was very messy how yeah. they undid that. It was sure. a pretzel. But that one issue, that first issue of Captain America back yeah, in were salty uh, 2016, it was the final thing on page, Hail Hydra. Holy crap. Sure, he was rescuing somebody, right? Uh, he was rescuing two Captain America wannabe sidekicks, and one the girl got off the plane, and he was he killed the guy that was oh, on yeah. the plane. Yeah, yeah. And instead of saving, he was like, "No, I, I need you to die because I need to do my plan." Hail Hydra into the issue. Internet was all sorts of a blaze. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean that that is massive. And people all like, the time. I, I I'm trying to come up with something that would beat it, but I I just I can't think of anything off the top of my head. A major in the Marvel hero, universe. a major hero like that is the bad guy. Has is a Nazi. Guy. The bad guys of bad guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> like just misunderstood. No, I'm not. I'm not finishing that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't. They even were say doing that what they were smiling. told. They're they're just following orders. No, uh, the Nuremberg. That is. I mean, for me, that is one of the biggest. Like, holy crap! The crap has hit the fan. Yeah, I can't think of anything. And there have been other big moments, sure. but that pivotal of a changing of a character, too, 
like the exact 100 percent opposite day. yeah right i mean we've seen good guys go bad bad guys go good whatever but to that extreme the the one that's supposed to set the precedent for everybody to go that evil is just now i understand why the internet was ablaze but also if you're a fan of comic books you know nothing lasts forever sure they'll change it um like when peter parker died Okay, in the Ultimate Universe, that was big, but we still have the main universe, so not that big of a deal. Right. When he died in the main universe, well, we knew it was going to be short term. Right. Because no one ever stays dead. Mm-hmm. Only Uncle Ben stays dead. You know, oh. then it depends on what universe you're in. Yeah, even in Ultimate, Spider Man came back there, too. Spoiler twist. So, I mean, now the Ultimate Universe doesn't even exist. So, I mean, that's yeah. a big Good. twist. <laughs> I really, I remember really liking that when it first came out. I was really into Ultimate X Men. And I was kind of okay with, with Ultimate Spider-Man, and it just kept going. Well, Ultimate Spider-Man was the only good one. I mean, that was... Right. Because that was the one that was written by Bendis. That was his baby. Right. And they spun... I mean, the idea was all right, a brand new... A new 52, so to speak, of Marvel within the Ultimate Universe. And yeah, the creative teams were not good, except for the Sp- Ultimate Spider-Man with Bendis. X-Men was good. The first 50 issues, maybe? But none of them had the longevity. Like, yeah, 50 no. issues is pretty good. That is good, but that's not Spider-Man levels good. True. So, and yeah. he was able to change races and everything. Survive death. Survive. Spider-Man's doing good. Universe implosions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is my I honorable s- mention. At least. I still can't figure out Spider-Man. I think we talked about this the other day at work. How, what is it about Spider-Man that everybody loves? You can't kill Spider-Man. Where you- do I start? No, no, no <laughs> more rhetorical. Maybe it's a discussion for another day. But next week, you you climb walls, you swing on webs. Sense you, of humor. You're a geek. You have a sense of humor. Right, right. He is the well, nerd. We are all nerds. We all relate to him. I, but none of us can do half the things he does. But we still aspire to. And that is what has the appeal that all of us have for him. Yeah, he's supposed to be, if your average Joe got superpowers. He still, okay. he still like struggles like with... That. Straight from Stanley's mouth. Because it's and it's not even because it's spirated. It's about Peter Parker himself too. Yeah. I mean that is the that's what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man is Peter Parker, and that's what mm-hmm. the appeal is. Yeah, another uh, podcast I listen to, the Crawl Space. They talk a lot about how like amazing usually focuses on Spider-Man and how his storyline's going. But there used to be. I forget if it was Spectacular or Peter Parker's Spectacular. There were other B books, and yes. that focused more on Peter Parker's life and how it's getting screwed up by the Spider-Man life in the main title. So that's another cool thing Spider-Man can do is juggle but everybody's all that. superhero life, alter ego life, um, typically screws up their real life. Yeah, but you don't usually have two full comic line series okay, to address true. it. That's true. You at, don't have a Bruce at Wayne At least comic. two. Yeah. I mean, at the time, yeah, Spider-Man can have up to four books. I mean, you got Friendly Neighborhood, Peter Parker, Spectacular, and then Amazing. See, I thought Friendly Neighborhood wasn't current anymore. I thought it was. I'm kind saying of an at any given time, though, there could be four okay. Spider-Man books being published at the exact same time. And don't forget yeah. the offshoot ones, where it's like the one where he's going through the decades, or even the yeah. spin-off Australia life format. story. Uh, Thank you, Venom stories and every, like characters that have spun out because of Spider-Man, even. Mm-hmm. Like Cindy Moon, who I almost mentioned as another plot twist. Oh, yeah, right. She gets bit on the foot. Yep, ankle. On the ankle. Ankle biter. And, I mean, Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales Spider-Man. Like, there have been so many that have spun out 
of Spider-Man. It's all connected together in a web-like shape. The web of life and destiny. So, yeah. So, anyway, before we go even further off the rails, because we are having an oversized issue this time around. Yes. Sorry. I knew Adrian could do it. Uh, Let's move on to our comic books that we read this week. Uh, for those of you that are new and Adrian, instead of just doing our picks of the week, we're just going over stuff that we like this week, stuff that stood out to us, and we still may mention our pick of the week, depending on what it is. Um, I'm going to go first, which inspired this category of plot twists, which is Radiant Black number four. Um, if you've been reading it, then good on you. If you have not, then shame on you. You should read it. Um, Sorry, I got busy. I know the guy that you actually... You have been reading it, though. You just haven't read this issue yet. Uh, I think that I missed the third one, too. Because <clears throat> I started to read that one, and I was like, oops, I think I missed one. So. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I know the guy that actually uh, designed the logo for Radiant Black. Nice. He was uh, here at Rhodes at the same time I was many moons ago. Uh, he was our first... The writer was the first guest on our Wednesday Night Live show. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, he was cool, too. And uh, a little inside baseball real quick before I talk about the issue... For an independent book, we don't sell huge numbers of them because mm-hmm. it's usually Marvel or DC. Independent books, we usually sell maybe five issues, tops ten, unless like a Walking Dead, the exceptions to the rule. This book, we have twenty over 20 people to subscribe to the series. That's awesome. That is amazing for an independent book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it helped a lot since you did have the author on the Wednesday night show. Like A lot of people got to hear him talk about his story first and they're like yes sign me up sure because i think it was the week before was it the week it was the week it came out it was the week itself that it came out so that definitely helped leaps and bounds and the fact that it's a good story too yeah Yeah, it's really good um where it is a story about a guy that finds a he's back home with at his hometown living with his parents because he's has no money and massive amount of debt and he goes out an island town with his local uh hometown best friend they go out drinking. All of a sudden, they see a floating miniature like black hole mm-hmm. out by the railroad tracks. So what do you do when you see a random floating thing? I'm going to touch it. You touch it. Yep. So that's what he does. He touches it, and then all of a sudden, he turns into this superhero Power Ranger-esque character. What I liked is that we got to see the villain in the first issue Maybe. in the preview. We don't We don't know. In the cover art. We well, don't know. right. Oh, we assume. You're we assume. still not sure that he's... Right, 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 right. 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 I mean, it is, I mean he's, he is robbing a bank. So you theoretically think that's a bad person, but is it a villain or a person that has bad intentions that got the powers? Sure. Right. So it's hard to tell. Um, So without going into too far spoilers, I will say a major thing happens with this week's issue where, holy crap, major plot twist. I don't want to say what it is because it is a major spoiler. It just came out this week. But it is issue four. I believe we have issues one, two, and three available at the store as well. They may be second printings, but who cares? It's a great story. You should pick it up anyway. So yeah, reading Black Number 4 stood out to me this week. I am really excited to uh, continue reading The Lighthouse, the Jules Verne uh, book. Um, I remember I told you last week or the week before, uh, I remember reading it, which is to say, back in high school, which is to say that I remember it was a story about pirates, but that's about it. So then I got Space Pirates with this, and I was like, Hey, yeah, I, oh, right, I did read this. So I'm kind of excited about that. I like the art on it. It's got that kind of realistic way of looking at things. Like um, a realistic CGI almost style. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, I like that. And, um, yeah, I'm just kind of excited to kind of remember what I remember and what I don't <laughs> remember and and go with that. Uh, this, the setup was really, was really good. All right. Laura, what else stood out to you? 
Um, ironically, I don't really remember what the storyline at all was in Nightwing number 80, but I wanted to mention the art of it. Like, what really stood out to me was when they had kind of that overview looking down upon Dick's apartment. I thought that was a really cool layout that they gave of it, and it kind of looked like half the apartment was under construction. There was, like, a wheelbarrow with concrete and bricks and stuff. It was interesting. And then later on in the book, there was, like, a fight choreography and I swear that Nightwing, like, grabs Robin and throws him at the villains and, like, knocks people down and then throws Robin off into the next guy. And it was just, it was a very interesting way to draw the fight scene. It was a very good combo attack because it was also mm-hmm. Nightwing's batons that he connected together into, like, a giant bow staff. Handed it to Robin, like, all right, here you go. We can fight this. Uh, my favorite part from the issue, though, is uh, Nightwing is talking to Robin. And this is, um, oh, shoot, Tim Drake Robin is who he's talking to, this, this Robin. He's like, oh, you know, you've been hanging out with Barbara. Like, ha, 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 what's going on with you two? He's like, oh, not a whole lot. And Barbara's on the intercom saying, guys, you know I'm here listening, right? <laughs> and like, we do now. <laughs> so yeah. that was a fun little thing. And the whole this story arc is written by Tom Taylor, who is, if you pay attention oh, to the DC yeah. stuff, he is phenomenal. He wrote Deceased and Justice Gods Among Us. So many good things. Um Another reason why you should read this Nightwing, because A, Nightwing is back to finally being Nightwing, not Rick Grayson, not Agent of Spiral. He is full-on Nightwing at Bloodhaven. Um, I almost corrected you. Rick Grayson, don't. And then then I remembered, yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) When he got shot in the brain, he went by Rick Grayson instead of Dick or Richard. Yeah, that one, that story, the last few issues have been really good. He adopted a puppy, which is cool. Yep, you always gotta have puppies. Uh, he says he's gonna. He's just holding. He's just sheltering it and put it back to the shelter. But both uh, Robin and Oracle are like, "No, she's been in the house. You have a dog now. Just get over it." That's basically how we got a cat. It just she showed up and I let her in. and Now we have a cat. Yeah, I was thinking that too. It's all your fault. Yep. It's amazing how many like nightmare dreams I have that involve that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, another one that stood out to me this week is Way of X number two. I cannot wait to read that. Um, it, it's, it's really good. Um, it's following Nightwing. The first issue had him trying Nightcrawler. to... Nightcrawler? Nightwing, yeah, yeah, Nightcrawler. Good Thank call. Thank you. Another night um, where he's trying to found a religion for Krakoa. And how does that work? He's super Catholic. Like, the most Catholic of all the X-Men. How's Why is he worried about religion and stuff? Well, finding a new religion versus staying sure. Catholic. And there is some funky stuff going on, Krakoa, that we don't necessarily know what's going on. I forget, did the previous issue have a, a special appearance at the end? Just show me the the the, cover, the, the frame you're talking about? Well, I, I have issue two. I don't have issue one on me. Okay, but... What, There's a new character that comes, that has that has been in the X-Men for a while that has been disappeared for a little while. Oh. Was it the guy who looks like... Who are you um, asking me about? Oh no, the guy from oh. Dragon Ball Z, Goku. I mean, he has really tall. Head. Yes, was mm. he was he there before? No, I think, he I thought was he was briefly. I thought he was in the. I thought he was in the last panel. Anyway, there is a major character coming back. That is who I think it is, right? Yes. Um, major character has come back where he is guiding Nightcrawler through some stuff and like the enter Nightcrawler's brain and mind. I guess more so mind, and he pulls out some sort of thing that has gone wrong oh, with yeah. people that have been reborn or recreated or any something something's going wrong with mutants that he frees them and rescues him the last line yes yes no 
he was not an issue one. Okay. okay. Um, so wow. yeah. that'll be interesting. And, uh, he, and the end of the issue is bringing back yet another character that's pretty major that I don't want to say because that's, okay. like I said, the very end. That was going to be my question. that is a major spoiler. Um, I can tell you off mic afterwards that's if fine. you want. No, um, just okay. I'm not going to tell it right now because, like I said, it's a major issue where... I Well, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> well, he's not actually in it. It's the last page. I didn't know Batman was part of the Marvel Universe. Um, you'll see a line or two. <laughs> I just wanted to say that stupid thing on okay. Mike. So I mean, I have. If you want to see, it, I have. No, no, really. Mic. I just wanted okay. to say that stupid thing on the mic. Okay. Uh, that so, yeah. stupid thing on the mic. Classic Adrian. <laughs> stupid thing on the mic. So yeah, that is Way of X number two. If you are a fan of X Men, if you are a fan of Night. Crawler, Nightcrawler. You should check it out. If you're um, not a fan of Nightcrawler, you should still check it out. The only or problem, Nightwing. Only problem I have with this going forward is it has to be continued in Gala of X. So like they're doing, the, oh. they've done two oh, issues, right. then they're doing the whole big, massive crossover with the Gala thing. So like I'm like guys, you're teeing up, and I'm gonna have to wait for that to pay sure. off. Sure, sure. But it is what it is. That's what it, it worked in. Events. It worked with um, X of Swords. Thank you. I was thinking Did sort it? of X, but. Uh, I knew I was wrong. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It went too long. We've talked about that. It went that. too long, and it cut stories up that they continued right afterwards. Like, oh, I forgot what happened, because that's been three months since it happened. And there's about a right. lot of filler. Right. It is what it is. Moving on. What else stood out to you guys this week? Um, When you mentioned, like, Spider-Man life story, they've mm-hmm. actually done a Fantastic Four life story yes. that they're starting now. Um, So the first issue of that came out. So it's a reimagining of the Fantastic Four, a different twist on how they got their powers. And the best thing I thought in that story was there was a Beatles cameo. The Fantastic Four on the Ed Sullivan show with the the Beatles. And I forget what all they said, but they, they're like talking to the Beatles backstage. And I really enjoyed that. The one problem I have with the, with that story the uh, is the way they introduced the thing within the family. How... He is the thing, of course, uh, Ben Grimm. But instead of being a pal of Reed and everybody, he is just a guy that, uh, we need a pilot. You, guy, come here, join us. You're, you've been fired. You have nothing to lose. Be a pilot for us when we go off in space. And he has some great am- animosity towards the whole Fantastic Four as a, as a c- creative team, and specifically towards Reed for putting him in the situation where, hey, you ruined my life. I was engaged to this girl. I was going to, ha- I mean, yes, I got fired for my job, but... I can get a new job, and now I'm the thing. And he still does his superheroing, but it's more just for show than other than goodwill of wanting to. He's like, I'm doing what I have to do, cost Fantastic Four, whatever, leave me alone outside of that. And to me, that really sours the personality of Ben Graham. Like, that seems very out of character for him. Sure. I think yeah. it'll be really interesting to see what they do with that, though, because if you think about it, I mean, that'll... Uh, talking about plot twists and talking about things that drive stories that might you know kick them in the that mm. might clobber them later yeah maybe it's he'll be the possible. bad guy i mean we've seen you know uh, only because it's recently been added but the original fantastic four on 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 uh the fox yes version of it um we saw a little bit of that in the movie where you know ben was starting to resent reed for not curing them I mean, and they've done that in comics in the past where mm-hmm. he quit the Fantastic Four briefly. Right. But even then, like, he still treated everyone. Like, yes, I'm mad at Reed for doing it, for not figuring out a cure, but I still good with everybody else. 
it still still feels forced. Like, oh, I'm doing this just because I have to because we are quote the Fantastic Four. The government needs us to be a team to be a hero team. Instead of like, no, I want to be part of the family. It just seems it, it's forced, and I, I it just feels weird for the character Ben Graham. Hopefully, they do something well with it. Yeah. The way I took it too was it sounded to me like Johnny somehow knew Ben as a barfly, which I don't know why Johnny was hanging out at the bar because I got the impression he was too young to be at the bar in this. It was I'm very sure. weird. Yeah, Johnny felt like a, a teenager, not even like yeah. a full like a twenty-one, you know, or I guess eighteen was legal drinking age back then in the sixties. Okay, but he still felt a lot more immature than even everything else. Like he seems <laughs> extra young for yeah. this. He's like, oh, well, uh, Reed and Sue, I have to go. Otherwise, I'll tell the government on you. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, fine. You can come along with us. And that, yeah, it was just, it, yeah. it felt weird. But maybe I'm just too used to the current stuff. I'm not used to the them being younger and everything. That it could, could be, be a it. matter of perspective. You weren't alive then, and maybe that's actually, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just right. spitballing here. But what if people that young and we're really kind of that dumb. Right. And I, I'm not the diehard Fantastic Four fan. Sure. But even still, like it just, to me as a casual reader, that is almost enough for me to not follow it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I will because I really enjoyed the, what they did with Spider-Man life story with each issue is a different decade. But I'm like, I'm a little hesitant on this so far, guys. I had another question. Did you know in passing in other Fantastic Four history, was Dr. Ricardo Jones anyone Never ever before? Okay, so he was new for this. He story. might have been. I don't know. Again, I'm not a Probably. diehard Fantastic Four person. I have no okay. clue. Name um, sounds familiar. So, yeah. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me this week is Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham, little golden books, y'all. Woo! <laughs> Peter Porker for five ninety nine little golden books. I'll be honest, I haven't read it, but if you have kids and like little golden books and Peter Porker then that's a good one to go for you. Yeah, when I opened our bag this week, I was like, oh, it came. And a few other things. I was like, what is this? What did I even order? Uh, and with Peter Porker, I also want to mention this week's issue of Spider-Man has a major, has two major plot twists actually at the end, which between those two and then Radiant Black, that's what inspired my plot twist category for this week. Nice. Spider-Man's always an inspiration. Um. This week's Spider-Man is the kickoff of a brand new story arc. I forget what it's called. This sounds like I'm supposed to help. Tangled Web? Could that be it? How to make a new movie? It's no, it's no longer King's Ransom, because that one's yeah. done. Right. Yeah, it just says Tangled Web. I don't think okay. it says an actual story name, unless it's a few pages in. Uh, we'll skip it over, anyway. Sorry, guys. But yeah, uh, it takes place after King's Ransom, where Peter Parker is... Getting his life back together after the events of King's Ransom. But, of course, the Parker Luck says things no. can't go easy for you. And that's what makes us keep buying books because of the drama. So, Anything else to stand out to you guys this week? No, not really this week. I want to mention real quick that We Live Volume 1 came out. I know we've talked about the single issues when they come out this in the past. But you can, if you had missed the single issues, you can finally buy the trade paperback. Ooh, it was you uh, this time. Back the mic. Uh, it is sixteen ninety nine, and it is awesome. I really like the single issues format because it has the like QR codes at the beginning where you can queue up music and everything with it. 
I oh. don't think it's in the trade. I don't see it at least. Wow, that's disappointing. Because yeah, those codes are really nice. Oh wait, no, there. Uh, I was mis- I missed one. Okay. There are the QR codes inside that you can scan with your phone and listen to the soundtrack while you read, which is an extra cool bonus little mm-hmm. thing that I really like. It's post-apocalyptic where kids get the this little uh, wristwatch thing that says, "Hey, uh, we're gonna abduct you." The alien's going to abduct you to bring you safety because something's going to destroy all humans. And once the wristwatch has configured to your body, it cannot go to anyone else. Um, either, either if you die or if they cut it off, doesn't matter. It will, will not work except for the person it was originally intended to. And it's a very beautiful post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of neons. It's vibrant. Yeah. So check out that trade. Uh, we actually only have one copy left, so... Oh. Sad. You guys should get it while you can. Yeah, we would like to think about doing this for book club, too. So if you're interested, like, get it ordered, and we'll organize when we can get together. And for, I think it's Free Comic Book Day in August now, I think one of the issues for Free Comic Book Day is a preview or a... I think it's a prelude, yeah, to pre- We Live. Yeah. So with that, we'll move on to the section that Adrian knows, because he listens to this podcast regularly, which is our Heroes of the Week. It can be whoever your hero is, be it the comic books or the real world or otherwise, it doesn't matter. So someone that you want to say, hey, good on you for doing good stuff, I will go first, buy everyone a little bit of time. Uh, and I'm going to say Robert Kirkman because the Walking Dead plot twist and Invincible plot twist. And he overall, he has done more good than harm for the comic book industry, um, at least for our store, because he writes Walking Dead, wrote, uh, wrote or I guess he wrote The Walking Dead. He wrote Invincible. Um, we have sold three Omnibus Volume 1s of Invincible because of the Amazon Prime show that came out. I'm one of those people that bought them. And we have two other people that bought it because of the show, because it's so good, and we want to get more. So good on you, Robert Kirkman. We have all three Omnibuses in the store now because of people having interest in it and buying it. So yay. Robert Kirkman, you are my Hero of the Week. Laura, who is your Hero of the Week? I think that inspired by Fantastic Four, I'm going to go with Paul McCartney one of the Beatles. He's always been a very, I wanted to say, prominent Beatle. There's only four, so they're they're kind of... There's a fifth one. There's a fifth Beatle. Yeah, I remember they replaced him, you know. Well, Because mm. he actually of, died, and then they brought him out Which we actually one. got back in stock today, the restock of the graphic novel Paul is Dead. Oh, no. Yeah, we oh, got that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I thought you were talking about uh, Pete Townsend. Or no, sorry, that's someone else. Oh, I'm ruining it. I only just recently oh. found out that there's a, like a legit conspiracy theory that that's Paul like died. he died yeah, and, replaced him. and they replaced him. I'm like, no, yeah. that cannot be. And I'm, I watched a couple different things, read up a couple. Mm-hmm. Th- I'm like, oh, this wasn't just a funny thing that yeah. somebody, people legit believe this. It's yeah, you play flat. one of the records backwards and it <laughs> says that. It's very flat earth theory. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have, we do have the graphic novel of, the, we put it in the fiction section, yeah, obviously, sure, sure. and more of the... Well, humor, you know? humor section of Paul is wasn't? Dead, uh, which isn't a bad book. Check it out. We have two copies. Just came sure. in today. So, Stu Sutcliffe. That was the other guy. That Who? he Stu Sutcliffe. When oh. so there's a lot of Beatles history. At one point, he was the the bassist or something. He he played for the Beatles like when they were the Silver Bullet Beatles. And at one point, they got in an argument, and John Lennon got in a fight and kicked him in the head, and Stu did die of, like, a brain aneurysm. Oh, and John Lennon always blamed himself. So. I mean, yeah, he weird, kicked him, so yeah. I mean, weird Beatles history. I, I think that's right. Like, you may need to fact check me, but pretty sure. 
Okay. But anyways, also, Paul McCartney didn't kick anyone in the head. Better hero. Also, the, the <laughs> other alleged fifth Beatle was Brian Epstein. Yeah, that too, and um, Pete Best. So there are a lot of fifth Beatles. Yeah. Epstein was their manager. Or no, not Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Epstein. Yeah. Okay. He kind of discovered them. He went down to the Cavern Club and was like, these guys are tops. Like, we got to get them going. You're thinking of the guy that killed himself in prison. Is what you're thinking. <laughs> ah, yeah, that's... You don't know me. Wait. <laughs> Mark? What is that, Jeff? Or is Bob? that Brian? What is that guy's name? I don't know. The Maybe guy that who is did Brian. or didn't hang himself. Hmm. Oh, yeah, no, God. I can't anyway. remember his name. Uh, anyway, who is your fifth Beatle? Or you're here. <laughs> my fifth Beatle? Uh, you know, uh, I've been working on a, a school project. It's kind of a, I don't know. Uh, I'm making a diorama for a 300-level course. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about our own lives, you know, whatever. Uh, but... Something that kind of I remembered from back from my youth was the mobile suit Gundam anime. Uh, but it was this whole idea of how to fight war with war and becoming a hero, even though you don't want to be. And old 80s anime being what it was, it wasn't the best animation. But this whole anti-war theme in a sci-fi uh, genre of anime um it really stuck with me and i added it to my diorama i went out and got a little model of one of the original gundams and i added it to my to my diorama and uh yeah it just, i looking back I, I i never realized how much it really you know fighting war as an absolute last resort and key word being the absolute you know that is the last thing you do when when problems arise. I even teach that to my own kids. Or should be. Yeah. That should be the last, the nuclear option, the last option. Not not necessarily what I everyone. Said. You said that is the last option. That should, I'm saying that should be someone's last option. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, I meant, I, yes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even teach that to my kids. You know, you tell somebody mm-hmm. to stop, you yell at them, you get a teacher. I haven't told my son what step four is because I know how he is. <laughs> he'll just he'll step just, four. He'll just be like, well, I told him, I yelled at him, and then I told the teacher, and then I went punch. No, no, you have to all give the five teacher. Seconds. Right, all in five seconds. Yeah. Hey, stop. <laughs> I told him to stop. Wham, 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 wham. Right, right. So I don't tell him that yet. Uh, but my oldest daughter, I, I, she knows that that is an option. Um, but it has to be the And I've told her, you will get in trouble if I find out that you went out of order or you didn't give the teacher enough time to figure out what's going on you know or, and you may still get in trouble even if you do go in order but you'll be in less trouble with me or you and not instance. my me she right i'm saying you know but i'm saying though and right like others may say you're wrong for doing this but know by me that that's okay right right these are acceptable margins right right so yeah, it's always interesting how daughters sometimes get some special rules well, I think, Compared to I think it's a special rule as much as a cooler head will prevail with his yeah. daughter versus his son. Right. That's why he doesn't know about the fourth right. rule yet. Right. Two, yeah, age, two years in difference in age. And yes, that's that's it. I know my son enough to know that he will follow the steps, but no time in between. So mm-hmm. loophole. <laughs> right. Right. He's he's going to be my he's going to be my broken arm child or the one I get most calls about or something. He's going to be a miniature you. God, I hope not. <laughs> so, recap. Who's your hero, then? Yeah, right. 
Uh, no, uh, the this idea of the, the the Japanese anime, you know, Gundam. Uh, it, it's gone for decades, and the story remains essentially the same. We need to quit fighting. We need to stop war. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to use war to stop it. You know, right. World War Two, the nuclear option. We had to to save countless lives. Sure. Yeah. One one could mm-hmm. argue, or one yeah. has argued, and but yeah, just. Just stop fighting. It, it's it produces nothing. So, war. What is it good for? See, I was gonna go with Fallout of War. War never changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back, uh, Brian Epstein was the fifth Beatle. You were thinking of Jeff Jeff Epstein. Epstein. Yeah, so I was Jeffrey. correct. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, thought it had two syllables. Both are Epstein's, but yeah. yes. <laughs> you were thinking of Jeff initially. That's awesome about was Brian a weird Epstein. Look. Yes, I was talking about Brian Epstein, the manager. <laughs> I'm so used to your weird looks, I didn't know that's what it was for. <laughs> Luckily, or unluckily, I can read his mind, so I know what he's going after. You don't know me. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, folks, we, this is an oversized issue, or episode. Hey, yeah. I was um, so worried that we weren't going to have enough to talk about. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We may do more longer episodes like this, depending on how life turns out with you coming out, or if you and Jerry can both come out, we may do longer episodes. Once uh, I'm out of the shorter. way. Or, yeah, once you're at work, we may have to do shorter. Who knows? It is what it is, folks. Um, but we're glad that you're listening. Glad that we could do this. It gives, it's, it's it's fun for me to talk about books. Um, makes me more excited about books that I'm reading. So, yay. I like telling people about this stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell Adrian to stop talking. That's a very difficult task to have him listen to. So, so with that, folks, uh, thanks again. We will see you next time. Yay, we did it. We survived.